You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey, Pinocchio. Where are you going? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. Fake dollar to anyone that can tell me what movie that came from. I'll give you a hint. Very underrated 80s movie, which makes me think of another movie. I'll have to plug that one tomorrow. Also think I figured out why I keep yawning during the intro. I gotta take a deep breath to do the thing, and then it just like, boom, just triggers. Anyways, how y'all doing? I'm great. Well, we are officially five days away from the first actual real practice for the Green Bay Packers. I'm not entirely sure what that means for us, but I'd, I would be surprised if any media was allowed in, outside of maybe within the Packers organization so they can throw up a couple videos later on which I'm sure they're going to have. But the the biggest reason, as much as I know they would love, honestly, to have the media in there because it's they would love to be able to give that to the fans, when you look at the way that they phrase this, it's, it's not Saturday's the first day of practice, can't wait to see you there. It's that's kind of what we're planning, we'll see how it goes. In other words, like everything else in 2020, it's pretty touch and go. We have plans, but this could change tomorrow. And so the the problem is, there's so much we can't control, even with all the rules and all the regulations and all the things we're trying to put the players through, the me- the members of the media are not a part of that plan. Although they may be on board with it, and maybe they're choosing to socially distance and isolate and whatever else, there's no uh, $50,000 fines that are going to be imposed on members of media if they go out to a bar before they stroll into to training camp. So unless they have an area, which would make sense, in other words, this is where the media goes, although it can't really be an area, can it? Because then you would be pushing all these people together. But maybe like an outer ring, you know? You guys stay outside of the tape, stay away from everybody, stay away from the entrance and exit in case we have to go in or out, you stay away from us. But it just seems like a lot of effort, whereas... If my entire season, if, if the entire NFL season and my job and everything else is on the line here, and if, if I'm a football player and I'm Devontae Adams and I've got over $10 million on the line, uh, depending on whether or not we play a season, and that could potentially get derailed by somebody that wants to take pictures of me catching footballs, no, get out. Now, from my perspective as a fan, no, 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 please go in. Please tell me things. Who caught a football? I know it doesn't mean anything, but tell me A.J. Dillon looks good, looks explosive, some some useless term, because I need that. I need to hear about chemistry that doesn't mean anything in an unpadded practice. But the point is, I, you know, 
risk versus reward, you know? And again, when you just read or listen to the way that Matt LaFleur is phrasing this in terms of, we're planning on Saturday, we'll see how it goes. These guys are going to be walking in wrapped in cellophane. Plus, it's the first one. You want to try to get that first win. You know, let's just, just, let's just do one. No interruptions, no crazy stuff. It's not even really about football, right? I mean, it is, but to a point, it's almost kind of like, let's see if we can get everybody together in a building and hang out for a few hours, go back to our rooms, do all the testing, and get all negatives. Let's just see if we can do that. Let's set that as a goal. We're all going to come together in a big old room and nobody gets COVID. Because that's the other thing. If, if, if you allow all these extra variables and then there's an outbreak, why did it happen? Did it happen because of the media? I don't know, because we have too many variables. So it would make actually a lot of sense, as much as I don't like to admit it, because I just want to see pictures of Aaron Rodgers throwing a football through the air. It would make a lot of sense to just remove all the variables, get everybody into a room, run a couple plays, go back, get tested, and just see how it goes. So, sad to admit, but it feels like that would be the way that this is going to go. But again, Packers.com is probably going to have some little mashup of people catching things and stretching and whatnot. Might not sound like much, but it's it's what I live for. Anyways, make sure you are in the Packernet Podcast Facebook group. Make sure you like the Packernet Podcast Facebook page. A five-star iTunes review would be greatly helpful if you don't use iTunes. Head over to Stitcher.com. Check out the Packernet Podcast there. You can leave a five-star iTunes or ha five-star review without signing up for an account or anything quite like that. Uh, Pack Daddy NFL is the YouTube channel. Very, very productive weekend. Not only did I get my other uh, videos up, so we've got Jordan Love, Josiah DeGuara, and A.J. Dillon videos up. But during that time, I was able to get five videos done for this coming week. So, the schedule is laid out thusly. I think all videos are set to premiere at 5 o'clock. But I have my 2021 NFL Mock Draft version 5.0 scheduled for today, Mock Draft Monday. I've got the 7-round Minnesota Vikings mock on Tuesday, the Seattle Seahawks mock on Wednesday, Houston Texans mock on Thursday, L.A. Rams mock on Friday. If you're curious why uh, the Vikings are part of the NFC North, I did Bears and Lions and Packers already. And then the other three teams, I wanted to do the three teams that don't have first-round picks because they don't get to have any fun with these mock drafts. So I thought, let's let them have a little bit of fun. And I am very, very excited that we did cross the 1,800 subscriber mark, so that was a very awesome little milestone. Thank you for everybody who has participated. Got two goals of crossing 2,000. At this pace, it'll be about two weeks. Got to kind of pick up the pace a little bit to cross that 2,500 milestone, though. So, if you are a Packer fan, and especially an NFL Draft fan, because I'm trying to do those daily, Green Bay Packers is, at least for now, more of a breaking news thing. I'm going to stab my phone right in the forehead. Sorry, that was dark. It's just, I just don't like my, my alarms. And I'll tell you what, I a long time ago, I had the ability to use Spotify through my phone to set an alarm. And for whatever reason, I picked Journey, because I'm like, it's kind of like a laid back. It's not like too crazy, you know, like death metal waking you up. Well, some of you do, I know. But I was like, you know, it just feels like a good wake up. I'm going to hate Journey if I don't get that off of there. So I got to turn that. I woke up today very late, slept through several alarms and it's one of those things where you just kind of snap awake realizing "Uh oh why do i feel not quite as tired as i should and journey's just kind of playing in the background wondering how long that's been blaring 
Turns out only 40 minutes, but still. So, I don't know how we got here, but... Oh, because I was rudely interrupted by my phone. Now I remember. What else? I feel like that's sufficient. Pack Daddy NFL again is the name of the YouTube channel. Uh, what I was saying is I want to try to get... Uh, NFL draft stuff up daily, and then more breaking news for Packers. However, when the season starts, I want to at least get a, you know, like a preview or whatever. That kind of stuff. It's hard to strike a balance between going all in on YouTube and not hurting the podcast, especially if I want to go back to seven days a week. I'm just I'm never going to sleep again. Oh, and I got a baby due in a few weeks, so. Is it possible not to sleep? I know, I was looking into it a while ago. I'm sure it's really bad for your health. But there is like this sleeping thing that some people do where instead of like just getting your eight hours or seven hours or six hours or whatever, you get significantly less, but you kind of just like nap all day. And there's like a program you go on where, I don't know, you, you take like a nap, like two naps during the day for like an hour. And then like your actual sleep sleep is only like three hours or something. I remember I wanted, I really wanted to do that. And I would have done it if I wasn't married. My wife would just kill me if I ever did that. But the thought of like passing out at eight and then getting up at like 11 or 12 and just working from midnight until I have to go to work, it was like, man, that would be really helpful. But um, probably would be dead of a stroke by now. But anyways, I don't know. Seemed seemed interesting at the time, and I probably... That's why... That that's If you want to know why should I ever get married, that's why. That's why, as a guy, you need to be married. Well, I don't need to... No, 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 listen, you do. You're going to kill yourself. I'm sorry there isn't a more romantic reason. That's the reason. If you don't get married, you're going to kill yourself. You're going to sleep three hours a night or eat pizza every day. I did both of those things. Before I was married, I had a two-bedroom place, you know, townhome, side-by-side thing. And the only thing in there was a bed and a TV in the living room. That's it. I didn't have a couch. I didn't have a chair. I didn't have a stool. And then a sink full of dishes and pizza boxes littering the floor. That's it. That's my... That's it. Ladies, I have no idea why you need to get married. But guys, if you want to live past 50 you know, just, you know what to do. Anyways, we have to very quickly take a break and talk about some other stuff because I'm already running out of time. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. So in some Minnesota Vikings news, they did lose another player for the season, this time linebacker Cam Smith. He's going to be having open-heart surgery, so hopefully he gets through that and does uh, well. It's not really going to have a uh, 
My goodness, I just realized today's the day that the college PFF thing is going to be released. They're probably not going to release it until like 9 o'clock at night, and I'm just going to lose it and cry and scream and all kinds of inappropriate things for a 33-year-old person to be doing. And they're absolutely getting wrecked on Twitter for announcing their college football thing right as it's being announced that college football <laughs> isn't going to be a thing. Hey, maybe I'll get a discount out of it. I don't know. It is It is terrible timing. Anyways, we're staying focused. That's what you do when you're short on time. You stay focused. It's very important. But in terms of um, being a massive negative impact for them, probably not so much. Obviously, uh, Kendricks and Barr are the top linebackers. However, although extremely small sample size, Cam Smith was the second highest graded linebacker on their team. So I was a little bit interested to see what was going to happen with that. They do need to start looking at other options at linebacker. I know Anthony Barr is extremely popular among Vikings fans, but the guy has just never been a good football player for the most part. I mean, 2015, and this is also why I know Kendricks is going to regress. 2015, the man was a 90 overall, which is basically what Kendricks did, right? Kendricks has been mediocre at best. He, he, he graded out as like the best linebacker in football this past year, just out of nowhere. You know what Barr did after his big 90 overall grade year? He dropped to a 50.6. Terrible. To put that in context, Anthony Barr in 2015 was the high, second highest graded linebacker behind only Luke Keekley. In 2016, Luke Keekley again was the highest graded linebacker because he's actually a very good elite level linebacker. So he stays up near the top. Same with guys like Bobby Wagner and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Anthony Barr went from second to 85th, and that's out of 97. 85th out of 97 linebackers. Jake Ryan was 77th that year. Joe Thomas was 66th. Excuse me, 64th. So just, you know, but that's that's the Minnesota linebackers massively overrated because we've seen the elite and that's the thing they're extremely volatile so they have elite seasons and have a bunch of highlights and everybody regards them as the greatest ever and the problem is we don't forget and there are several guys that are like that they they were good two years ago or they had a real big breakout game and we just kind of continue to operate under the assumption that they're very very good and so there's just sort of this baseline understanding that the vikings have really good linebackers and that's certainly not going to be dismissed now that Kendricks had such a good year last year. But it just isn't really the case. Anthony Barr this past year graded out as, uh, his grade was a 56.3. Again, 60 is average. He's just not good, and he's 28 years old. So he's not even that old. It's just, it's getting to be time to just move on. And that's part of the reason the Cam Smith thing is relevant. But this is how he rewards the Vikings for, uh, you know, paying them to stay there. I mean, you want to talk about massively overpaid. million per year. From what I can see, because I got outside linebackers in here too, uh, Bobby Wagner, Miles Jack, yikes. And I think that's it. Those are the only two higher paid linebackers. And Anthony Barr is bottom half of the barrel. God bless the Vikings, man. Just love them to death. So close to being really, really, really good and then just cannot stop doing really dumb stuff. I hate to make an entire episode about how garbage Anthony Barr is, although I don't actually, but let's just look at his grades overall as far as uh, game to game. He had one elite game against the New York Giants, whoop-de-doo. He had one very good game against the Chargers. He had one good game against Dallas. He had average games against Green Bay, Atlanta, Philly, and Kansas City. Below average games against Seattle, Detroit, Detroit, uh, Washington, 
bad games against San Francisco, Chicago, and Denver, and then absolutely horrifically abysmal games against New Orleans and Green Bay, which was his worst game all year, week two against the Packers. Thank you, Anthony Barr. Thank you so much for being so terrible at your job. End of the season with two sacks, 79 tackles, nine missed tackles, um, gave up 64 receptions on 79 targets for 586 yards and three touchdowns, 105.0 passer rating when targeted. Well done, Chief. Anyways, so I'm, I'm trying to think which wide receivers we haven't hyped up yet. Reggie Begleton is going to be a star. We know Devontae's already a star. We've heard the hype for Equinemius. Equinemius, obviously, is going to bounce back. He's going to be a star. Now it seems kind of like it's Marquez Valdez-Scantling's turn. That and Alan Lazard kind of simultaneously. There's a lot of talk about Lazard. Been seeing stuff about how Aaron Rodgers basically pushed him into the role, and he's increasing his confidence, so Lazard is going to be a star. But now there's a lot of talk about how MVS is going to be a star. So I'm only kind of trying to be sarcastic here, because just because something is an off-season thing and it's a little bit ridiculous doesn't mean it's not true. Any of these things are entirely possible to happen. I've recently heard about how uh, MVS started losing his confidence down the stretch because he had an ankle injury. And so the talk about how he's going to be bouncing back, obviously the injury will have subsided, his confidence will be coming back, it's another year in the system. And we're even hearing how Devante is pumping him up. Now, granted, that doesn't actually mean that anything is happening. we got to look at the context. But if we just leave the context out of it, Devontae's putting a vote of confidence in MVS. He's going to be great. He's going to be a lead. He's going to bounce back. But let's look at, at what Devontae said. Quote, really excited to see how Marquez bounces back from what he did last year. I kind of feel like breaking down nothing comments is one of my favorite things to do in the world. Because that's what all of these are. I mean, this is, this is literally an, an example of something that I say all the time. When fans come to me, because I get tons of messages all the time about, man, I'm really excited about this guy, and I don't want to be mean. And so typically, a pretty good response to that is, yeah, I'm excited to see how he does this year. Because it's a true statement that isn't supportive of what you're saying. Now, I just outed myself. Whenever I say that, people are going to say, yeah, you don't like him. Not necessarily, I'm just saying. The point is, it doesn't mean anything. I'm excited to see what he does, has nothing to do with what I think he's going to do. Adams elaborated. He said he's definitely taking the right steps now. Guess how many of the 90 people, I know it's not 90 now, but let's just call it 90 because I don't know the exact number. How many of the 90 people are taking the right steps? I would guess roughly 90. They're all taking steps in the right direction toward becoming better football players. You know, like going to practice, you know, studying things. I don't know. Everybody's taking steps. He also added that MVS did some, quote, great things, but also had some moments he'd like to, quote, have back. So he elaborated on that by saying he did some good stuff and some bad stuff. So did every single person. Now, Aaron Rodgers is a little bit more forward, but we've got to keep in mind Aaron Rodgers is much more complimentary. I feel like Devontae's a little bit more reserved. He gives the more just kind of whatever answers. But let's let's look at the list of people that Aaron Rodgers really likes. Martellus Bennett, Jimmy Graham, Mercedes Lewis, Jake Kumaro. I mean, he says a lot of really complimentary things about a lot of guys. And I don't necessarily think he's lying. He likes certain guys. He likes the way certain people approach the game. He likes people that are very cerebral. But that doesn't make them good football players. But 
he is much more forward, and he's going to come out and say, I like this guy. I'm putting my stamp on this guy. He says, MVS is a guy I have a ton of confidence in. That's important. He also has confidence in Kumaro, but, you know. And then he says, I really feel like if he can continue to grow, he can really add to our football team. I look forward to him making big strides. This right here is a nothing statement. I have confidence in him is a polite thing to say. If he can grow, he can add to our football team is a duh statement. No kidding. Give me one football player that that doesn't apply to. I feel like if Ty Summers can take a big step, he can contribute to this football team. (laughs) Yeah! Right. Of course. And then apparently Matt LaFleur's big quote was that he would push uh, MVS to take a big step. So I don't even I don't even know what that means. It's funny though because the the final part of this article and I'm not trying to make fun of the article it's just reporting what people are saying, um, but it is funny because the the very end of this the final quote is from Devonte Adams talking about the young receivers and he says quote all those guys are doing the right things right now I think everybody has the right mindset I'm excited to get on the field with them he literally just said what I was saying yeah MVS man he's doing the right things what about the rest of the guys yeah everybody's doing the right things look forward to playing with them. In other words, I don't have any information for you, man. I don't really care about what these other wide receivers are doing. I'm worried about what I'm doing. I really want to just get back to work and stop answering your stupid questions about other people that I have not been hanging out with and I don't really care to. And again, it's the off season. It's what we do. We get excited about everything. So Reggie Begleton's going to be a freak. Alan Lazard's going to be a freak. Devin Funches would have been a freak, but he opted out. EQ's going to be a freak. But yet at the same time, we complain that he doesn't have any weapon. Got to pick a lane, folks. And that leads us very quickly to the fact that we brought in 24-year-old Malik Turner out of Seattle. I mean, again, we can get excited about whatever it is we want to get excited about. Six foot two, two oh two. He kind of fits the the mold of, of what we like in bigger receivers. Although in Green Bay, he's one of the smaller guys around. Um, I mean, there's just not a lot to go off of. He plays all over the place, outside, inside. That that kind of versatility could be helpful, especially for trying to find somebody to play a little bit more of that big slot role. I think he can fill in there. Um, not surprisingly, if you look at how he grades out, he's a great pass blocker. That's what Matt LaFleur loves, getting everybody involved in blocking. It's not insignificant, especially when we do tight formations, as we do very often. you got to get these guys blocking. And, and when you're talking about corners not being able to make tackles, because all of a sudden, I mean, it's sort of like imagine if because you don't prioritize corners that can get off blocks or safeties that can get off blocks, when you choose as an offense to get wide receivers that can block, it's sort of like getting an offensive line that never loses. And you're adding your wide receivers to your offensive line, and those guys are just dominating. And so when you're playing outside zone, when your running backs are stretching more to the outside, and your wide receivers are just dominating corners, it gives you almost an unfair advantage. Now, ideally, you can find some that know how to catch footballs as well, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, he was an undrafted free agent out of Illinois in 2018. He doesn't grade out poorly. He's an average guy. He had a really good stretch last year from week 7 to week 12 in terms of grades, but also in terms of stats. Not a lot of receptions, but uh, seems to be a pretty big play kind of guy. 16.3 yards per reception. So he's a, he's a big body, kind of go up and get it down the field kind of guy. But again, he's... He's just a body that's in the mix. And when you've got, I don't want to say so many holes, but so many question marks at wide receiver, you kind of just throw as much as you can at it and see what sticks. He fits the mold of everybody else that's on the team. Let's just see what we get. Do I have any expectations from Malik Turner? No, of course I don't. 
But does he have a chance? Yes. A lot, of, a lot of these guys do. I've been talking about Reggie Begleton and how it's ridiculous to get hyped up about him. But I think he has a very good chance of making the team at this point, even though I said he wasn't going to make the team before, because now that Funchess is gone, who, who are our, who's a lock? MVS is not a lock to make the team. EQ's not a lock to make the team. Kumaro, I don't think, is going to make the team. I mean, if, if you can't, as a wide receiver, make this roster as like a number four or five, I don't think you got a, much of a chance anywhere. I think Lazard is really the only guy that's kind of a lock. I mean, MVS probably, EQ probably, but not a lock at all. I mean, it, especially in a different situation. I, they're, they're, people are locks almost by default. Bring back, you know, Prime, Jordy, and Cobb. Who's a lock? If, if we assume Lazard is going to be the number four, nobody's a lock. We have no, if, 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 if Lazard is number four and there's only one spot left and you got EQ and you got MVS and you got Reggie Begleton, nobody is a guarantee to make that team. The only reason we can look at guys and say they're pretty much guaranteed to make it is because of how lacking in depth this team is and the fact that they're all kind of at that same level. Who's better, EQ or MVS? I don't know. I'm not even positive Alan Lazard is better than any of these guys, although he had a really good stretch. So he, like a lot of guys, had great games, just kind of interspersed between a lot of them. Again, just looking at PFF grades, he had three above a 70. Guess how many Jay Kumaro had? Three. I mean, it's almost the exact same thing. He had 80, 80, 70, and then 60, 60, 60, 60, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, and then one below 50. It's almost the exact, Kumaro had almost the exact same thing. Now, the stats aren't the same. But just in terms of how good of a wide receiver were you, it's pretty similar. He had a 62.7 overall grade, which is basically what Alan Lazard had. So there's no guarantee that Lazard is just a lock. I think he's a great fit. You know, his body type kind of works out with what Matt LaFleur likes, and Aaron Rodgers just really likes him. And I think the biggest thing for Lazard is that Aaron Rodgers trusts him, which we throw that around a lot, but he says he trusts Kumaro, but I don't know if he throws a lot of those throws he threw to Aaron uh, to Alan Lazard that he throws to Kumaro. And, and Lazard has come down with some of those. He's proven, just put it up there and I'll get it. And that's huge. And that's going to lead to yardage and touchdowns and things like that. He's covered, but I'm throwing it anyways. That's that's a big milestone. And that will lead to, he's not that good, but he's he's going to get the ball anyways. And he's going to catch it anyways. In other words, he's not able to get away from the, the cornerback. But if Aaron Rodgers puts the ball in the right spot, throwing sort of a back shoulder or whatever, he knows enough to stop, go up and grab it. And he will because... He's the only one that knows where the ball is, and when you stop like that, the corner runs past you, you turn around, jump up, grab it, game over. Or you jump over the guy because he's, you know, whatever. He's crossed that threshold of trust where now they can start building rapport and relationship, and there doesn't seem to be all the missed passes because the timing and all that, it's just, it's it's on point, and that's great. And that's probably the reason he's a lock, but in terms of just being a really good wide receiver that runs really good routes and can get away from, he just, I don't know that he does that better than anybody. I don't know that he's genuinely a better pure receiver than MVS or EQ or Kumaro or any of these guys. But anyways, that's a separate discussion. We don't need to start complaining about wide receivers because it is what it is. And again, hopefully it won't matter as much because we're going to be leaning on the tight ends and the running backs. And when you add in the fact that we have one of the best wide receivers in football with one of the best quarterbacks in football and a very good offensive line and Lazard is is quality as a number two wide receiver, we're fine. But um, yeah, in, in, in general, there's there's just... I just, I just think all of this is kind of silly with all the hype. And I know it's what we do. I'm just, I'm not a big fan of the offseason and just saying ridiculous things because I don't know what else to say. I, I, I think I kind of like it early on because it's so negative at the end of the season. Everybody's just furious. 
because we set all these high expectations and we don't meet them, right? We got to the NFC Championship and lost, and everybody's just pouting and crying and screaming how terrible and garbage this team is. Despite the fact that we won 13 games, we got to the NFC Championship, which nobody was even expecting. But because we lose, now everybody in the fan base is furious. Gutekunst is garbage. Matt LaFleur is a joke. Everybody's just trash and garbage and useless. So the the beginning of the offseason is great because it's all hype and all optimism. At this point of the offseason, I'm tired of it. We need a little bit of realism. I want to see guys dropping passes. I want to see week one guys just not doing what they need to do. So everybody that's just been talking blah, 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 blah about how elite all these guys are going to be can stop talking now because I can't take any more. Offseason is just too long. Anyways, I am way, way, way over time. I got to get going. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.